Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. going to start off by reading uh, Matthew 6, 9, and 10. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Dear God, I pray that you'd speak through me tonight as I'm sharing on this topic of your will and that you'd give me the words to say and it opened people's hearts to understand your message. In your name, amen. I want you to imagine with me that you are told to walk through a minefield. One wrong step and everything will all be over. You're supposed to follow the correct path through. Your, this leaves you two options. You can either walk in fear, hoping that you don't make a mistake, or you can remain where you are, petrified by your fear. Oftentimes, when we consider God's will, we take a view similar to this one. We think that we're called to press on but weren't given the correct path through. One wrong step and we'll mess up not only God's will for our lives, but for those around us as well. This fear often leads us to choose to stay put and not obey God's commands rather than risk messing it up. However, this view comes about from an inflated view of ourselves and a misunderstanding of God's will. Tonight we will be talking about the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to be also examining the biblical view of what God's will is. Luther's small catechism summarizes the will of God in the following manner. The will of God is that his name shall be hallowed and that his kingdom come. Two weeks ago, we began this study on the Lord's Prayer by talking about the first petition, Hallowed Be Thy Name, which is beautifully shown in Revelation 4, 8 through 11. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings and, eyes, and full of eyes all around them and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Last week, we also got to hear Andrew speak about the second petition, which is the kingdom come and the two major components of it. The kingdom of grace, where God rules in the hearts and lives of all believers here on earth, and the kingdom of glory, where, we will, where all who are saved will be united with Christ for all of eternity. Tonight, we will be focusing on uh, God's sovereign will, his revealed will, and finally, the uniting of these two components. It's God's sovereign will. Sovereignty is defined as having absolute or ultimate control over something, 
the Bible talks extensively about this uh, God having this, and in but generally it's more in the sense of like it, results of this rather than explaining why he does it this way. So how does God? How is God's sovereign will described in the Bible? One, for one, it is described as being higher than ours. This is clearly stated in Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This helps us to remember who God truly is in that, in that he is sovereign over all things and also reminds us of our place, that we are not in the place of God. If you're ever struggling with this, I would encourage you to read Job 38. It does an excellent job of demonstrating God's sovereignty over nature as well as reminding us of how much higher he is than us. Another key aspect is of God's sovereign will is that it is not always expected in human minds. Isaiah 53 is an often quoted messianic promise that directly challenges our expectations. Isaiah 53.10 is an excellent example of this. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he sees his offspring. He, he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. At, at the time this prophecy was given, Israel had been going from having one bad king to another, and they were about to be sent into exile. Isaiah was given this prophecy about a savior who would come and save all of Israel. The Israelites would, were expecting a powerful earthly king who would come and defeat all of their enemies, giving them a, a permanent earthly kingdom, a belief that would stick around even up until the time that Jesus came over 400 years later. They most certainly were not expecting someone who would come and suffer and die. But God knew this was necessary to save not only the Israelites, but also all others who would believe in him. This, question, this raises the question of how should we respond then to this? Our response is best demonstrated through Jesus' words in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 39 through 42. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it, is if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. None nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Our response to, the, to God's sovereign will should be humble submission. God is in control of all things and will work, in, work all things out in accordance with his character and will. So this raises another question. If this happens, why does it matter? If this happens without us, why does it matter? This leads us to the second component we're talking about tonight, his revealed will. This, God normally reveals his will through commandments that he gives us, or commands that he gives us to follow as to how we are to live and act. Well, there are all still things that God can and does achieve on his own, but as believers, we are invited to join him in furthering his kingdom here on earth. The main focus of God's revealed will is that each and every person would come into a personal relationship with him, as stated in John 6:40. For, 
For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. We are also called to live our lives in a manner that points others to him. And one uh, way that we can do this is through showing love to others. Um, in John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus tells us to live this way and gives us motivation behind why we should do it. A new command I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you, love, if you have love for one another. The motivation that he gives us is because he loved us first. What an incredible and gracious gift that God loved us so much that he sent his son to take on human flesh to live the perfect life that we could not and to ultimately die in the place for our sins and to raise him from the dead to show that he had victory and power over sin and death. And he didn't do this because of anything we've done, anything we're doing now, or anything we could ever do, but because he loved us so much. This is the same love we are called to show to others, not just those we like or tolerate, but also to everyone around us, even those who may be opposed to us. And we're not to do this because of ourselves, but because of him and because he loved us first. Even with this awe-inducing motivation, I'd be lying to say that this is an easy task. Thankfully, God in his infinite wisdom decided to, or knew this and sent his Holy Spirit to us. It is through the Holy Spirit that we are able to obey God's commands and to live how he calls us to live. Um, First example of this is 2 Timothy 1, 7, which says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Another example is 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Despite our shortcomings, we're still called to follow him and to keep in step with the Spirit, knowing that he is right there with us when we fall. God knows that we will fall and fail, but he gave us his Holy Spirit to help us to do his will and to make us more like Jesus. Jesus was the perfect example of uniting God's will as seen in heaven, as it is seen in heaven and with our reality here on earth. There's coming a time when heaven and earth will finally be reunited and we will get to experience the kingdom of glory being in the very presence of God. When this day comes, we'll get to experience all of God's will. In Jeremiah 31, 33-34, we, we get a beautiful picture of how everything will be in perfect obedience to God. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. We, we will continue... Er, we will no longer fail to keep God's commands and we will be in the very presence of God. There will also be perfect fellowship between us and God as described in Revelation 21, 1 through 7. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out from out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. What a beautiful picture here, that every trouble and sorrow of this world will be washed away, and as believers, we will get to spend eternity in heaven with God. We didn't have enough time to talk about all aspects of God's sovereign or sovereign will or his revealed will because we could spend days here talking about that and still not make much progress in that. And nor do we have a perfect idea of what it'll be like when these two are united at the end of time, but we did get a glimpse of what God's will is. And rather than a minefield, the picture that the Bible paints of God, God's will is that it is of a path with a guide there to help us. You may at times end up wandering from the path or falling down, but God will always be right there offering forgiveness and calling us back to him.